This is the Living in Mid-Bloom podcast, lighthearted and heartfelt conversations about what it looks like to live, heal, and blossom in middle age. I'm your host, April Pruitt. Let's get our bloom on. Hello, audience, and welcome to Living in Mid-Bloom. My name is April Pruitt, your host, and we have a great guest today. Her name is Stacy Montgomery. We have known each other for years, though I have to say most of that time we didn't really stay in touch and really didn't know each other, but <laughs> that's the way life works. Check out what Stacy's doing at stacymdesign.com. That's Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y-M Design. Com. Also, look for her foundation, mysuperpowersfoundation.org. That's exactly how it sounds, mysuperpowersfoundation.org. Hi, Stacy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, Stacy, the name of your business is Stacy M Design. Yes. And you're a social emotional learning innovator and author. And that innovator part is to me it's fascinating the the things I know you've done. But just to outline what you do, you you create innovative social emotional learning resources for use at schools and at home to help kids feel empowered. And what was your motivation? Was part of that your son or were you interested in that long before you had him? I know that you were always interested in art and writing, but I wasn't sure about that connection. Right. Um, I had not heard of social emotional learning before my son was born. In fact, I wasn't familiar with the term until after he graduated from high school. But his experiences in school, in particularly middle and high school, definitely informed my what I do now and, and I guess, motivate me. In IEP, he had difficulties in school, bullying, didn't have many friends, didn't feel welcome. So that did form the basis of my social-emotional learning programs. I have three of them. Um, his experience uh, particularly informed the first one, which is called Wise, Different, Awesome. Okay. And I, and I love that. I love just those, those simple words have so much meaning. Let me get back to when we first met. So I believe, was that 2007, 2008? I'm thinking it was before that, but but I, you know, it, it was it was a while ago. Maybe it was, maybe 2005 or six. Yeah, I think it was closer. I can't believe it. Yeah. My God, we were just small children at that time. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think, I, I'm thinking 2005, maybe 2006, because... It was the last time I went to the National Stationery Show, and my sister was she had she always came with me every year that I did the show. She joined me, um, and that year she and her now husband came with me, you know, joined me there, and it was right before their wedding, I believe. Oh, okay. And they got married in. I believe they got married in 2006. Okay. Okay. So I think it was in 2006. So that was my next question because that was my first year going to the show. So this is actually before this was your full-time gig. So this was still a side hustle for you then. Right. 
exactly. When was the first year you had been there then? How much um, before that 2005 year were you there? Because I was curious about that. Yeah, it was in the 90s. Um, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I That show is not cheap. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't remember the, the first year, but yeah, it was in the 90s. I only went okay. once. I think the year 2006, whatever year it was, was the only time I went, you know, in the 2000s. So okay. because, okay. yeah, because I, you know, after um, 9-11, things got very, um, mm. sure. um, you know, things were very different, you know, for that show, you know, in New York in general, and people were concerned about large events. And, and so, so That's yeah. A good point. So before that, I, I went about maybe three or four times before, before 2001. Um, but yeah, I did not recall the first time. And you're right. You you need a team. It's great that your sister mm-hmm. and her, her husband were able to help you. Because each year I had brought different people with me because some right. were behaving badly. And I had to say, no, you can't come this time because <laughs> you made my trip a little harder than I wanted it to be. <laughs> you know, because it's right, a you, lot. You, you did the opposite. Yes. <laughs> the decorations, setting up the hotel yes. and walking around that place. I mean, it is, it's a workout, so, mm-hmm. but, but it's terribly interesting. I, it's just fascinating what people come up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were the few people of color that had something out there. You know, we we're just trying to fill some space. But what I really loved is that you had different children of color and hair. Yeah. And I really loved that. They were s- so sweet. And it surprises me that we weren't seeing much of that then. No, and well, you know what? That was kind of um, good and bad. Uh, I, you know, I think the because we were so few, um, we got some attention. I don't know exactly what your experience was, but um, I did. I did um, pretty well at the shows, and I think. Well, I certainly believe in in my product line and my art and all of that. Um, but because there were so few others in that huge building, you know, you know, there were so many hundreds of, of, of exhibitors and so few offered products that had, um, you know, diversity in them. Right. So because of that, I, I did pretty well. Now, when I say pretty well, I'm not talking about, you know, um, tens and twenties and thirties and fifty thousand dollars or, or, worth of orders, but, um, you know, I was fairly satisfied with what I walked away with. And it, it does feel good when you see that store is willing to buy your product, mm-hmm. you know, put it on display. Yes. And, you know, that is that is a good feeling. And it's good that they also see that there's a void and that there's a need. Right. And that they're just not for, for kids of colors, for anybody that they have in their life that just doesn't look like everybody else. So Exactly, exactly. I really love that. So was it just the cards you had at that time or did you have stationery? I'm trying to remember. I had greeting cards. I had thank you note cards. It was based mostly greeting cards and thank you note cards. The, the main reason why, why I stopped doing the show was because I started to, to do a lot of personalization, um, you know, a lot of custom orders birth announcements, baby shower orientations, and things along those lines that were customized. And I did order some, I did offer some um, imprintables at the show, but I found that it was 
uh, much more cost effective and to to simply um, just have my website and offer them directly to the the retailer, you know, to the consumer. So right, yeah, yeah, that makes sense because you're not creating something that, gee, I hope it sells. You already know that this is what they want specifically, and you can. Um, fit those needs. Right, right, and 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 again, it was it was really because I was doing the custom work. So, um, on my website at the time, let's say you wanted um, to or, um, offer order a children's party invitation. So I had maybe about um, twenty different faces you could choose from. So you could choose from um, about three or four different skin tones. Um, you know, for girls, I had maybe seven or so different hairstyles. Um, you could choose whether to put a bow in the girl's hair. Uh, um, you know, so we placed the order. God, I just love that. I yeah. Love that. So we placed the order, you know, you would give me the custom order for the party invitation. And then you, you would select the, um, you know, what, what the, the child would look like. And then I would send an email, um, the customer approved. They would approve it. Um, or ask for changes, and I will go from there. And I expanded from from greeting cards to focusing on birthday party invitations, birthday announcements, baby shower invitations, but also things like um, placemats and you know spiral notebooks and and different other items, uh, luggage tags, and you know people just ordered them from my website. So it wasn't really that I. The reason I stopped going to the show was because I was focused on 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 customization and direct to consumer, and sure I could offer albums, and and I did um, offer some albums at my at the last show, but it it just was easier, you know, and more more cost effective for me to just to sell directly to the consumer. Well, and that's that's what you find out when you start um, diving into different areas and seeing seeing what works. I know that was my first national show. And then since then, I had done some smaller ones. They just weren't selling as I had hoped. But, you know, that's a that's another story. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that um, the, the stationary gift business is crowded and it's tough. Yeah. I, I know when we spoke before in 2008, I think was around the time, because I know there were a lot of layoffs then, including at my firm, mm-hmm. uh, that um, you got laid off and you made the decision to do the stationary thing full time. Right. Was it because you felt there wasn't another option or was it, you know what, here's my opportunity to finally do what I love? I, I was just kind of curious about that. It was more here is my opportunity to do what I love, you know, but I mean, it, it really wasn't that, that I gave it a whole lot of thought and, and that type of thing. And the opportunity was there. And so I just, I, it, I, I was always doing my business. I, I always had my business, you know, for years. And so um, the fact that I didn't go into my corporate office um, just gave me more time to do it. I mean, I, I would do it before work, after work, whatever, weekends anyway. And so it, it wasn't, again, it wasn't like a long, serious, you know, sit down and look at this numbers. It just, uh, um, the opportunity was there. And I, I did continue to look for another job for a little bit, but I was always doing my business. So I just kept doing it. 
Yeah. And the the one thing about, you know, the specific businesses we're in, it takes a lot of energy to the resume mm-hmm. and the interviews and the competition out there. And yeah. what schools did you go to? And are you at a level where you think you should be paid more than someone who may be younger? I, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all of that. And um, I, I, I get that. I get that. I'm curious, what did your son think about what you were doing? Did he have any interest or any clue that he may have been the inspiration for for what you, you know, dealt with, with him? I mean, I can't imagine being a parent and and knowing your your son is is being bullied and not being treated nice. I I don't know how 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 you do that, but the way to empower that is by what you've done is having things out there available for these children. Right. Well, I didn't turn my attention to social emotional learning, the guided journals, well, you know, um, the social emotional learning and working with schools until after I graduated. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, he knows now that, you know, what I do has, his experiences definitely impact what, what I do and he is, Part of my why, yes, he he understands that. He understands. He knows that I post about him a lot. He sees the posts. He's fine with them. Uh, So I think he appreciates that I'm doing this and that I am taking his experiences and using them to help other other kids. So yes, I think he definitely appreciates that. Uh, That's awesome. I I just I just love that. I know that. So, you know, starting off with the cards, I know you were interested in writing and we had talked about, you know, being younger Mm. and when you're first thinking about what you're going to do to to make a living. And I know in in your case, your your parents were very invested in you being a professional of some sort, whatever that may be. Right. Mm hmm. And I, you know, I thought it was interesting because this, this happens to most kids is, you know, okay, what does the parent want? Because here you are at age 18, most kids don't have a real clue of who they are and what they want to do. But when you say, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, then that, that sounds, that sounds great. (laughs) But you were so honest in saying, you know what, (laughs) this is not my bag. So I'll be an attorney. Right. <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> and, you know, and I know that's a great experience. I'm sure it's helped you, you know, in your business, no doubt. But did your parents feel any kind of way when you kind of tried to figure things out? I mean, were they questioning anything or were they, and I know we also talked about the fact that who knew that you could make a living? in this thing that you love, right? that there's all of this openness and um, these things that are available for creatives out there. That's just something Mm -hmm. that honestly, when you think about the average black family, it's like, do you even get that opportunity to be a part of that? Can you take the risk to try to do something like that when, you know, you need a good job, right? you know? So uh, I've always been, involved in the legal field. So even though I stopped practicing law a while ago, um, but the job I had in corporate was was a law-related job. It wasn't in the legal department, but it was. I um, definitely used my, my, my legal training. And, and even now, I do um, some contract work for um, just one attorney who I've known for a while. 
I do some writing for him. Oh, okay. Um, and my father had died in 1997, so I was still, you know, working in the legal, you know, strictly in the legal world. Um, not strictly in the legal world. I still had my corporate job back then. So, and, and they also were well aware of my uh, of my side gig. In fact, every year um, for for Christmas cards. They got them for me, you know. They're like Stacy, you know. Have you have you mailed my Christmas card, Christmas card yet? Mm-hmm. For them to send to whoever they sent them to, and uh, and so so yeah. I, I mean, they were fine with what I chose to do. Um, and my mother was aware that I I stopped working in corporate and was doing my business full time. Oh, and she was fine with that as well. Uh, they basically cared about us being happy. My parents never um, pressured us to do one thing or another. Oh, good. You know, they always cared about education. They cared about us um, doing well in school. They spent money on my sister and I attending private schools. They said that we can go to whatever college we wanted to go to and that we could do whatever we wanted, whatever we wanted to do. So that was, that was their thing, you know, do whatever you wanted to do. And it just so happened that both of us wanted to have uh, professional careers. What a blessing. Yeah. That's a blessing. Yeah. And I decided I wanted to be a doctor because when I was about three years old, I liked my pediatrician. <laughs> and that, that was, that, 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 I mean, it, it's as simple as that. And as you know, I recently published a new guided journal called, it's called What Makes You a Leader. And one of the things that I talk about in that book and that I teach kids about is setting an example and being inspiring. That's what, that's one of, those are um, two of the things that leadership is all about. You inspire others. You, you, you become role models. And so that is exactly what that doctor was. You know, he was nice to me. I was like, I was like three. He was, he was nice to me. He made me laugh, whatever. You know, I don't remember That's funny. anything specific about him. I don't remember his name or what he looked like. Um, but I remember that I liked him. Wow. And, and so from a very early age, I said, I want to be a doctor. I wanted to be a pediatrician. That was why. And I kind of um, just stuck with that. And, that, um, that is right. <laughs> that is crazy. I <laughs> <laughs> he's nice i'm gonna do that too right right i mean you know that I, I i you know a lot of kids um you know want to be actresses or as professional athletes they they see somebody on television like oh i want to do that or models you see a model oh that's cool you know she's so beautiful blah blah I, you know, professional athletes. Oh, look at him doing this and that. Look how much money he's making. Lawyers, whatever. You know, artists. You know, a lot of the times, it is you decide on a profession because you are inspired by something by, by somebody else. Whether it's somebody famous, or it could be a teacher. In my case, it was a it, it was my my doctor. And you know, so when my parents came in, parents are. Oftentimes, your first and your best teachers. Now, best can mean a lot of things, um, you know, but they're certainly your, your, your role models. So if they um, model, you know, um, negative things, a, a child is more likely to emulate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so around our house, my father, um, you know, he was an AME a- minister. He was also 
um, active in the civil rights movement. You know, we learned a lot about Black history um, in church because it certainly wasn't taught in schools. Mm. But, um, you know, one message that we got just from being in that house was that as Black people, as Black children, you know, you need to know that you can do whatever you want to do. It, it was unusual, relatively unusual, um, you know, for there to be um, Black doctors, lawyers, professionals in general. I mean, you know, there, there were many out there, but certainly wasn't um, um, as common as it is now. Sure. At the time, um, particularly, still kind of the case now, but you look around the community that we were in and the, the uh, members of our church, are just a you know, there are very few that were college graduates. Right. You know, both my parents were, were college graduates. You know, my, my father graduated from college, you know, later in life. I believe he was um, in his 40s or maybe even early 50s when he graduated from college. He, he was 20 years older than my mother. Good for him. You know, so he was um, so probably his late 40s when, when he graduated from, from, from college. But, you know, so 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 the message was, and again, it wasn't like we, we sat down to have these conversations, but, but you know, the message we, we got from being around him, being around my mother, being around other, you know, um, uh, you know. Yeah, like-minded Black folks that are exactly, walking the walk. And- right, sitting in the church, sitting in the Sunday school, was that, you know, um, opinion of us is that we're not that bright you know, and that we shouldn't be or can't be doctors. We can't be lawyers. We can't be, you know, um, captains of business. We can't run major companies, all these things that we can't do um, or that it's it's not common. So their message was, you could be whatever you want to be. It wasn't like you have to be a professional, you know, you know, um, gotcha. They, they wanted us to be happy, do whatever we wanted to do or certainly be financially secure. And so the path to that was education. So they were willing to to find a way to finance um, pretty expensive private schools for um, both my sister and me. By the time I I was a senior, we lived in New Jersey. I I went to high school uh, in in suburbs of uh, Philadelphia. So, I mean, I actually traveled over an hour each way by public transportation. Had to to ride a a bus to... um, to Philadelphia to get a train from Philadelphia to school, you know, to, wow. to the, you know, and they walk a few blocks from the train station to school. Um, fortunately, when I was a senior, you know, I was able to drive, but you know, that was, wow. you know, you got to, you had to do what you had to do. And then when it came to college, they're like, you know, whatever college you want to go to. I mean, wow. they're like, whatever. And so that was their attitude. Mm-hmm. So, um, it didn't. Well, you know, I find this interesting because mm-hmm. thinking or having that being told to you, this, this, you know, this positive, and I don't know if your family was the same, but my parents never talked about the negative aspects of, you know, racial uh, inequality. I mean, obviously things would uh, occur and, but, you know, they, they d- dealt with it. When uh, and I, I just wondered if your, your parents were the same because even though you know we're aware of other stuff happening, um, they just didn't focus on that. Well, I don't know. I, I, I won't say that they didn't, but you know, even though I, um, a lot of the things that 
we heard were through my father's sermons and through Sunday school, things like that. And so, yeah, my, my, my father was, was a minister. He was a pastor. Of, he was an AME minister. You know, I, I don't know that they necessarily tried to or, or made a conscious effort to keep the negativity away from us. But what I can say is that I wasn't the type of person who, it, it wasn't my thing to hang out with my parents and with the older folks that my, my sister was into that you know i was too busy playing somewhere so like <laughs> like if um they had people over or we went to um someone else's house or you know after church you know when we're waiting around for my father to be done or you know my sister was always kind of like sitting sitting with the adults just listening <laughs> And I was always like just annoyed that I'm still there. You know, I, I always had my, you know, you know, um, right. if I was in my house, I was, I was, you know, playing my dolls or drawing or, or doing something or reading. So I'm not saying that um, they didn't talk about it, but um, it wasn't like something that I heard a lot, but, but not because I don't, I don't think they consciously made you were a kid yeah i was like whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah exactly what's the age difference between you and your sister two years she's two years older than me oh okay yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah that isn't and you know and i and i should kind of self-correct it's not that you know they never said i guess what i meant was they never said derogatory things like Mm -hmm. in response to right what they did was like we were uh, on vacation with another black family, you know, my parent and uh, my dad was in the military and this other family was in the military too. And so mm-hmm. we took trailers out West to see the grand Canyon, you know, and this is in the sixties, you know, you're just not seeing black families doing that, but you know, there we were. Right. And we went through some small town and they, my dad went through a yellow because you're hauling a trailer and he didn't want to make a sudden stop. So he gets pulled over by the police. We end up going to this this courthouse for him to talk to a judge. Hmm. Now, I, I'm a kid and I see this happening and it, it kind of scared me because all I see is here are these police there. I can't see my dad. He's in some room somewhere. Um, a couple of hours later, you know, we were able to just go on our way. But in listening to the parents talk, my dad basically talked they were both in the military so my dad was very good at okay so i'm going to show this person what we have in common right that we had risked our lives for this country and it made him look beyond the color of mm-hmm. my, my father's skin mm-hmm. and that we weren't doing anything except being on vacation so that you know that taught me a lot but mm-hmm. it also it it scared me because anybody can do anything Right. So all of this is totally off track on the podcast, but <laughs> but that's okay. So in in talking about living in mid bloom, um, when did you think or when did you realize you became an old broad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just well, kidding. Well, um but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Well I, well, you know, that, that that's an interesting question because I um I you know, it's all about mindset. And I consider myself extremely young, you know, I consider myself, uh, um, I, I, I think it's weird that in reality, I, I am in my fifties. I'm closer than 
to 60 than 50 at this point. And, you know, there are some people who are my age who have grandchildren and, and, you know, there are some people who, who just behave differently than I do at this age. So I'm still, I I would still do, do the occasional cartwheel. I, um, you know, but I, I just have this silly, very silly, hey. in my opinion, youthful attitude about my, myself. I yes. don't, if I walked into a room of people <laughs> who are, you know, maybe in their 60s or so, a little bit older than me, people who one might consider, um, you know, a senior citizen, I, I would not be able to identify with that group, you know. But if there's a group of, of, of people who are more like in their 30s, I would feel more comfortable. Um, you know, I... I so agree with you. It's mindset. It's mindset. You know, now now sometimes I joke around like um, (laughs) I I, I love to, when I'm being lazy, I love to ask my son to do things. (laughs) I, I, you know, I'm, I might be sitting on the sofa in the living room, you know, watching television might might be on and, and um, I may have have left the remote, you know, like on the counter. I say, Isaiah, you can get the remote for me. No, 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 no. I'll say, Isaiah, come down here. I say, come down here. And he's like, what? Ah. Like, can you get the remote for me? And it's literally like, like you know, like I, I had to, I went to stand up and walk three steps. And so he just looks at me and I said, come on, you know, do, this for, do it for your old mother, you know, help your old mother out. Pulling the old mother card. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Help you out. Yeah. I just did a cartwheel, but I cannot get to that remote. Exactly. I can Exactly. Come on, help your old mother. <laughs> you, you know, it really is the mindset because there are a lot of times when I'll see people and they're my age, I'm 64, mm-hmm. and they look and they sound old. Right. I'm just like, is there this old voice thing that happens at a certain age that suddenly you're like, all craggly and you know not clear it's almost like it's like i think about and the andy griffith show and aunt b mm-hmm. aunt b was like in her 50s right but she looked like she was like around her 80s yeah it's just like it's you know it really was just i never really thought about that until looking at some of these old shows and i'm like my god mm-hmm. you know it's like you can still you know dress a certain way it's just you know but it's like old fashioned mindset, it is. I to me, it's an old fashioned mindset. Exactly, you know? exactly. And I, yeah. I, I just, I, I refuse to go out that way. You know, and and I, and I joke with my husband. I was like, you know, um, I'm we're gonna be in our eighties, and I'm going to still love guinea pigs. I'm going to still be silly, and you know, yes, and, and it's just who I am. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, sense of humor is. I mean, and I, I think that. That's something I think that's probably saved me in most of my life is that you got to have a sense of humor in this world. You, do. you know, you got to be able to laugh at yourself, laugh at things. You got to love guinea pigs, you know. <laughs> Everybody should love guinea pigs. Definitely. They're cute. Yeah. <laughs> but I have, I have my two cats, Haas and Allie, and they're just like, you know, living the freaking life right now. They're just snapping, you know, and I'm just awaiting their next order for, you know, whatever they want. So, but, but I, but living the life but it's right? so true. Yeah. But it's, um, but it's so true. It's a mindset mm-hmm. and it's the way you look at the world. And 
I've looked at things a little differently, losing my mom and, yeah. you know, you start losing people, but it's like, I always want to be surrounded by, I don't care how old you are, how young, I just want to be surrounded by, you know, good vibration people. That's all I want. You know, I, I agree. So Stacy, you've been so open about so many things and I thank you. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, what do you think was one of your most brave moments after turning 50? Well, I would say deciding to make a shift in my business to focus on social emotional learning, not only focusing on it. Um, I, I did start to create my uh, first guided journal. I created my first guided journal in 2017, but it was maybe a year later that I really started to focus on social emotional learning. And I decided to create a curricula for elementary schools and to shift my business so that that was the the primary focus. So for example, you know, before when we first met, I was doing the greeting cards and and, and stationery. My, my business was pretty much 100% stationery and gifts. So then it shifted to primarily custom personalization. And I added other things like placemats and and spirals and folders and mugs and things like that. And so then my next shift was to introduce um, hardcover journals and guided journals. So now where I am now is that I my, I am focused on schools, working with schools with my social emotional learning program. And that was brave because I do not have a background in education and I or counseling. So I decided that I was going to, number one, write a curriculum and then talk to schools and convince them that they, that they need to that they need to use it. Wow! <laughs> so that was definitely brave, and it's been a journey. It has not been easy, and I'm happy to say that I am, um, you know, I am making headway as far as getting my programming into schools. I, I know you said you had an appointment yesterday, I think with the principal that you had been working with. And to me, that that's exciting that here you are meeting with the school. It's just, um, you know, that's phenomenal. And of course, the other part of that is the kudos that you've been getting directly from the children that you're helping. Right. I just... You know, kids, we, we know kids are pretty honest. Yes. <laughs> give, give me an example of, of some recent feedback uh, you, you got, because that is really moving. Okay. So there is um, a kid, a child, a girl. Her name is Evelyn. I'm friends with her mom. They have been using, her mom um, bought my uh, my books for her daughter starting maybe two years ago. And actually, when she first started buying my books, I did not know her mother, you know. Um, but then through networking, we start, we you know became friends and, and now, now we're pretty good friends. But, her, but she purchased my books for her daughter and her son uh, for about two years now. And recently, her daughter participated in a program. It's called Dream Scribers. And through this program, kids write books. So her daughter's eight years old, and she wrote a book. Oh. And as part of this process, 
there is a book launch celebration. So the, the, the program, which I think is, you know, it's like several weeks, maybe six or eight weeks, they, they go through that process they, and they write their books. Then the books are published. So they, they received their books, um, I think about a week ago. And then next weekend is a big celebration where all the authors, all these child authors, authors will be there and um, people are invited and, you know, they will sell the books and sign the books. So <laughs> as part of the, the celebration, she had to, um, you know, um, say who is part of your launch team. And, the, you know, of course, she mentioned her mom and, and, and her siblings and some other family members. But she said, me, that I should be a part of her launch team. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? Oh, so wow. Her, her mom called me. So it was like, you give her a few minutes to talk. She called me. She told me this. And and I, you know, I see um, <laughs> Evelyn every now and then. Um, she uh, tends to, they, they often participate in the events put on by my um, nonprofit. And um, sometimes her mom brings brings them to um, some evening meetings that that we both attend. So I hadn't seen Evelyn. Um, it had been, I don't know, at least a month or maybe more since, since I had seen her. So for her to like think about me, think about my books and say that, that I, in my books, inspired her to write a book. Wow! Was I was I was shocked. I was happy. I was almost in tears. Oh. It was it, it was crazy. It's such a sincere a thing. It was like, well, of course, of course, it wouldn't have it any other way. It- yeah, and and her book. I, I was looking for a copy of it. I believe it's called Two Awesome Friends. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's all about how um, two, two people, they're, they're animals, I believe a giraffe and a pig, <laughs> um, could, could be so right. different and yet, yet be friends. And one of my books is called Why is Different Awesome? And it, it, it's, it's a similar message. Right. You know? It's okay to be friends with somebody who is different from you and that we are all unique and special. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. That is so, it's so sweet. Yeah. At th- how old is she? She's eight years old. And yes, her book is called Two Awesome Friends. And at the very end, um, there's this quote, two people can be different and still be friends. Oh. So that's what the book is all about. Eight years old. Eight years old. And that when asked, you know, who's really a part of her posse. Exactly. She mentioned me. I'm like, what? That is just, that. it's an emotional expansion. I mean, at that age that you can, you know, you can speak to that. When I know at eight, it was like, uh, right. where's my lunch? <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and yes, so that's, you know, my books have impact. Yeah. And yeah, they do. And there's got to be a wider audience. I, I just, it's just too amazing. It's just too amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing some wonderful, some difficult, some interesting, you know, just things about your life. I very much appreciate it. I would certainly love to, to have you back. We've got a lot of other things that, that we can talk about. 
I just, um, you know, I wish you all good things. And of course, we'll be staying in touch. So, Oh, definitely. Okay. Check out what Stacy's doing at stacymdesign.com. That's Stacy, S-T-A-C-E-Y, mdesign.com. Also, look for her foundation, mysuperpowersfoundation.org. That's exactly how it sounds, mysuperpowersfoundation.org. Thank you for joining me today on Living in Midbloom. I hope you found this episode insightful, meaningful, and maybe it's given you something to think about. I invite you to share your positive reviews or ideas on topics you would like me to touch on by leaving your comments on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podchaser, or Podcast Addict. We are all divine beings who just want to be seen, heard, and loved. Have a beautiful day.